Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. chapter 6. Here we go. We're in Deep Roots, part 6, part 6, and uh, we've been going a little bit, a little bit deeper. Uh, let me ask you this. How many of you, like one of your favorite activities is swimming with your kids? You like swimming with your kids? We were swimming with our kids and some friends yesterday. Yeah. How, how many of your favorite activities when you're swimming with your kid is launching your kid? Yeah. My kids were like so scared as little kids. I'd go and I'd, I'd grab them, I'd lift them up, and I would go chuck them, and they'd be like, ah! and, and now they're like, Dad, Dad, throw me, throw me, throw me. Now, if you go to a hotel, we go to hotels a lot. My kids love swimming. We'll go on trips, and you know, I'll be like, what was your favorite part about Disney World? The pool at the hotel, Dad. Okay, well, that was a $10,000 pool trip. All right. No, or what, what was it? You know, what did you love? And that's usually what happens. But for me in the pool, you, you know how most hotel pools, they start out in that shallow end, right? And you're like, you're walking down and then you get to that one place and where I kind of like to hover and that's where it's like half half like your feet can slip and you have to tread water and half you still holding on to the edge of the pool you know what I'm talking about that right there now I, one of my kids and I'm not going to mention who because I don't want to embarrass well we'll say him uh, so you know it wasn't my daughter I have four four boys one girl he he was a little bit afraid of heights as a kid like heights even on my shoulders and so I popped him up on my shoulders and we, you know, I talked a couple weeks ago about making the whirlpool in the pool. And so we're doing this, and, and my boy was screaming at me. He's like, Dad, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. And I'm like to Dad, I'm like, it's going to be okay, buddy. It's going to be great, man. And so I took him, and, and I put him up, and he's like screaming, just kicking his legs and flailing. Like, I, it was like child abuse, man. And, and, and finally, I, I just said, it's going to be okay. And I start going around the pool towards the deeper end where I have to like swim with him, hold on to the edge, and, and all of a sudden I can just feel on the back of my neck, seriously warm. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, buddy. I took him off. I held him. But let, let me say this, okay? I was such a bad dad right there, bad, bad dad moment. And, and uh, I, I didn't listen to him. What happens is this. We're doing this series called Deep Roots. My passion, my desire is really for those that don't know, yet know Christ. It's really for those that will spend an eternity away from Jesus. Um, many of us here, we know Christ, you're saved, and, and it's not that I don't care about you and want to do life with you, it's that I want us to do life together, leading those that need Jesus to have eternal life. Does that make sense? So it's, it's not a, well, let's, let's, let's feed us all this good theological material so that I can get spiritually full and obese. No. Let's utilize it and then pour it out, okay? We know Jesus is famous, and if that's so, then now we should go make him famous, right? If that's, if that's the case, and I believe he is. I believe he's the most famous person that ever walked the earth. I believe he was the son of God. I believe he was God. And so I want to make him famous with everything that we say and do. I want you to think of this, though. Whether you're new to your faith, whether you're way out in your faith, think of that faith like a pool. You're at the, you're at the shallow end where you're just like, right, I'm just going to touch the water, see if it's cold, you know? All right, or I'm going to dive in, or... Maybe you're at the other end, you'd be like, all right, this is where I'm at. Or maybe God wants to put you up on his shoulders and wants you to hold on for dear life because he's taking you to the deep end and you ain't never been there before, okay? Don't pee on God's shoulders, all right? It's the first time you've ever heard that in church, I guarantee it. Let him take you on this incredible journey and don't give up. Allow him to take you to the deep waters. Don't be afraid of it. 
If I say something, you go, I don't understand. Don't check out. Google it. Google, man. It's like people think Google's the Bible nowadays, okay? It's, it's not, believe it or not. There's still answers in the Bible, I believe, that Google doesn't tell us, okay? And, but here's what it is. It's just allow yourself to be fairly immersed. We, we sang that song, Sinking Deep, to go in with God to whatever he wants to share with you in the deep end of the pool. Don't be scared. So last week, just to get us caught up, we talked a little bit about the, the squirrel moment. You know, we talked about the meat versus the milk. And we really were talking about how the next few weeks, some of this stuff might be a little deep. It might be a little like, what, what is Chris talking about? And I want to just be as real as I can, um, just as blunt as I can, but I want it to make sense to you. And so if it doesn't, I want you to tell me because I want this to make sense to even an unbeliever. So here's the question I want to ask you today, okay? Last week, we looked at craving the deeper things of God This week, I want to ask this question that's posed to us by the author of Hebrews is this. How can we know how 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 can we know if we are secure in our relationship with Jesus? In other words, how can we have eternal security? Now, for those of you that have are been in the deep end of the pool for a long time, I'm not saying you're like off the deep end, just mind me, okay? If you're on the deep end of the pool and you go, well, I know how to have that already through Jesus Christ. I want you to stay with me because we're going to unpack a few things with that. If you're going, well, I was told I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to, I have to be baptized, I, I, have to, I have to, you know, be infant baptized and I have to be confirmed and, and then I go to heaven. Well, those are lies from the pit of hell, to be honest with you, because there's only one and that's Jesus Christ, that's it. And so I want to show you that this morning. Please don't believe my words. Dig into the Bible. I don't care which pastor pre-shares this with you. Dig into the Word. The Word of God will answer all of that, and it will make it really clear. And so, how can we be secure in our relationship with Christ? It's on the notes if you have those this morning. Um, it's, it's right there. Let me, let me say this. There was a, a group of botanists. You know what botanists are? They love flowers. They deal with flowers. They're scientists. I have some kids that love bird watching. They're, they like birds. Well, these botanists, they went on this expedition, okay? And they went basically to this big volcano site, and in the bottom of the volcano was this flower that they had never seen a few years ago. Never seen it before, and there was a boy that they saw, a native, and they thought the only way to get down into this volcano was to take a rope, tie it to the boy, and lower the boy down into the volcano to get the rope, and then they would have this new flower species, you know, and all the botanists are like, this is a great idea. The boy's looking at him like, you're insane, (laughs) you know, like, not happening, bro. And so finally the boy comes up with this genius idea and the boy looks at the guys and he says, hold on, I'll be right back. And so the boy runs off and, and you know, the botanists are thinking, well, that's his way of getting out of here, I guess. And uh, he, he goes away and a few hours later he comes back with this, this older guy. And he says, I'll make you a deal. He says, you lower me into the volcano and you tie the rope, but this person holds on to the rope because it's my dad. Okay? Think about it. I want you to think right now in all eternal aspects that having faith in Jesus Christ is saying, you know what? I'm going to let him hold on to me. That's the Father holding on to us because I think sometimes we think faith is us holding on to God when really a lot of times faith is God holding on to us. That's really what it is. And so realize that he's not going to let us go even when you feel like you're going through the pits of hell in life. He's holding on and trusting him. Let him wrap that around you, okay? So here we go, Hebrews chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 9, I encourage you to read the first 8 verses on your own, verse 9 and 10, here we go, we have it up on the screen for you, but beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you, 
Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. I love this. What this is basically saying is God is a just God. Okay, God's a just God, and he doesn't forget. Now, I want you to be really careful what he's talking about right here, because when we think, wait, wait a second, God doesn't forget stuff? All right, let's be the honesty moment. How many in our lives were like, God, I really hope you forget about? Come on, that's all of us. That's all of us. 99% of us anyway, 1% of us lie. Um, God is a just God, and he doesn't forget. He's, this is what he's aware of, okay? Do you realize that God sees your good deeds? I don't know about you, but have you ever done something for someone and, and, and you did it in secret? You never told them. You bought them a caribou card or you paid for their gas. You saw a single mom at the gas station and, and you swiped your card without anybody knowing. Or have you ever done the McDonald's that drive through thing that KTS talks about? You ever done that where you pay for the person behind you? You know, I've done that. And, and no one ever knows. But those things that are done in secret, God knows. He sees when no one else sees and he blesses us because of that. He's aware of those good deeds. He's aware of what you've done for him. He sees what you do for him. He's aware of what you have done for those in the church, those that are struggling in the church or need, you know. He holds on to those things. He sees that, and he's very aware of what you're doing right now. There's a big word. Some of us don't know this word. It's okay. We don't have to. It's called dispensationalism, huge word. Really just a fancy way of saying that God set up the earth and created us, and then he took off. I don't believe that's the case. I believe God's personal. I believe God walks hand in hand with us throughout life. I believe God is right there all the time, okay? He is. Knowing this should be a great comfort, not a form of guilt, okay? Because some of you right now, when I read that list, and you're going, he's aware of my good deeds? I don't know if I have that many good deeds. Or you're going, he's aware of what I've done for him. I haven't done enough for him. Or he's aware of what you've done for those in the church. I haven't done anything for the church. Right there you let the enemy in. Because God's saying, no, clean foundation, clean slate, okay? Erase it, and he's going, I'm gonna look at you now. I'm gonna see the good things that you've done. I'm gonna encourage you to do the good things, but not feel guilty about anything. And so there's this incredible contrast here to our sin, which God blots out. He, he's got the giant, biggest eraser in the whole world, and he rem- remembers it no more. The opposite, though, is service done for God. It's not forgotten. It's not forgotten. When you give sacrificially, whether it's financially, whether it's through serving, whether it's through lending a hand to somebody, that labor of love is remembered by God, but our sins are forgotten by Him. I don't know if anybody else thinks that's good news this morning. I really do. Just say, yeah, if you think that's good news. I think that's good news. Let's read on here, verses 11 and 12. And we desire that each of you show the same diligence remember that word diligence, to the full assurance of hope until the end, okay, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, okay? Diligence right here means a couple different things. First of all, it means an assurance of hope. Our assurance of hope is simply through a belief in Jesus Christ. And then the second part is until the end. If you remember in Hebrews chapter 3, it talked about... um, we encourage each other while it's called today. Remember, we've talked about that. Today is capitalized, meaning until the end of all eternity. 
And we're going to look at what all eternity looks like here in just a few moments until the end. Okay, that's being diligent, holding on to the faith, not giving it up, realizing God's got that rope when you're down in that volcano and he's holding on to you for dear life. Then he says sluggish. He says right here in verse 12 that you do not become sluggish. Sluggish just means dull. We talked about that last week. If Bible studies become dull, if church becomes dull, if church people become dull, if, if your devotions are dull, all of that means it's kind of sluggish. You know, it's like, eh, I don't really want to do it. And what the author is saying, no, rather than that, start imitating those throughout the Old Testament who have done this. And he really wants us right here, he's wanting us to get to know Abraham. He starts talking about Abraham a few verses after this, and he says, look at Abraham through this faith. You know, Abraham didn't have children until way later on in life. God told Abraham, go and sacrifice your son up on this mountain, and, and he obeyed until God provided a way out. I mean, that was the faith. He, he didn't grow sluggish, but he was diligent in his faith. He wants us to see that. Jesus' words in Revelation, it says, remain faithful to receive the crown of life. Crown of life, just another fancy way of saying eternal life, okay? Paul's words in Romans, eternal life is for those who are patient in seeking to do good. How many of you, like, want it now? How many of you don't want to raise your hand right now because you're like, oh, no, yeah, I want it now. You know, we have, uh, we have some restaurants in our town here, and uh, we had one that closed a while ago called Taco John's. And uh, I remember I, I would wait in the drive-thru sometimes at Taco John's, and I would wait and wait and wait. And there was one time I really, their breakfast burritos are great. And I was waiting there to get a breakfast burrito. And there was one van in front of me. And I was waiting and nothing was, was happening. And finally I'm like, forget it. I just got to go to the, you know, one of the best restaurants in town, the Golden Arches. And so I, I go around and I, I go back to the Golden Arches and I, I get a, you know, a bre- couple of breakfast burritos and I go back home past Taco John's, which is about a mile. And that van was still there waiting and so I'm like I don't do well with that that's not fast food to me and so I'm, I'm just selfish I guess but I think I think eternal life we think man we want it now I give my life to Christ so everything in my life should be good right now but then the author messes with us the author kind of takes it to this whole other level let me let me share Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13 through 20 stay with me we're going to put it up on the screen seven verses they're quite heavy so just buckle in for a moment He says, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. You know, Abraham never saw the fulfillment of that promise in his life to to its fruition, never once. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them, and an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable, just means not changing things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Thank you, Lord, that God cannot lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. We'll talk about that, where the forerunner has entered for us even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, this scripture might have just taken you to that deep end of the pool. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. 
Some of us don't like the deep end. Just realize that we're on, we're on God's shoulders, okay? First, God keeps his promises. God keeps them, man. He keeps them. This promise to Abraham for a patient endurance. I think sometimes we don't realize, you know, what eternity is like. I, I don't know if you're familiar with Francis Chan. I don't know if you're familiar with him. But Francis Chan is just an incredible communicator, and I, I want to steal his illustration today. And so he has an illustration that he uses, and to me there's no greater illustration of eternal life to me than this. Let me show you. Can you guys all see that in the back? Can you see that rope? Okay. Imagine with me just for a moment that this rope goes on, and let's just say this is eternity, okay? So this is, it just goes on forever and ever and ever. There's no end to it. Millions and millions of years. Okay, even, even beyond that. And do you realize that we were all created for that? But here's the, here's the catch, okay? Whether it's eternal damnation or whether it's heaven, we go on forever. And so here's the deal. Right at the tip, can you see that in the back? Can you guys see that green in the back? All right, give me a thumbs up if you're in the back. All right, cool. So right here, this green, right here, this represents, this short piece of this super long rope represents your life on earth. That's it. Where is my waiting at Taco John's on here? Like, like, it's not even spliced in there anywhere. Can't even see it. And all we get concerned with sometimes, I'm guilty of this, is we get concerned with this. We never think about that. Where, where are we going to spend the most of our life? That's it, right here. That's all we think about when we're created for such greater things, to live with God forever. And so don't realize, don't, don't be like, man, well, I got to save for retirement. I got to make sure I leave inheritance. I got to have all that. I got to do everything just right. Yeah, those things are important. Do those. But realize there's much more at stake. Now, maybe you've accepted Christ, but I guarantee you there's people around you that haven't. Your job is to share that with them. Okay? Your job is to share that with them. You get to impact somebody's life. Not just here, but here. It's a powerful illustration. I want to close saying this. God's faithfulness is our assurance, okay? We have to realize that He doesn't lie, that He's faithful. You know, strong consolation, it's a kind of fancy word, to just mean that God wants us to seek Him for our refuge. That's the safe place we go to, okay? He is the safe place. And that's all about the hope we have in Christ. Okay? In this passage, hope equals Jesus. It talks about the presence behind the veil. What does that mean? Well, when Jesus died, the veil was torn in two. The veil represented you and I couldn't go in. Only the high priest could. That veil man is gone. There is no veil between us and the Father. It's torn in two. It's gone. And saying now because of Jesus Christ, we get to have relationship with the Father. You, not, not just a pastor, not just a priest, okay? Every single person in all of the universe can have a relationship with Jesus and with the Father because of what Jesus did. And so unless we hold on to that hope that Christ has for us, we can't receive it. You've got to hold on to it, okay? And so let me ask you this morning. Have you fled to Jesus for refuge? Is he your hope? If you're hoping in, you know, something you did on your own, man, Man, we're hoping in the wrong thing. It's only in Christ. 
Heather and I get a chance here in a few weeks to go to the Golden Gate Bridge. Never been there. Anybody been out there before? Have you seen a few of you? Okay. Um, I've never seen it before. And, and I was doing, I'm, I'm a research geek, and so I was doing some research on it. Here's what's really interesting about that bridge. Just, just listen to this for just a moment, okay? This is crazy. During initial, initial construction of the Golden Gate Bridge, no safety devices were used, and 23 men fell to their deaths. Did you know that? I didn't know that. For the final part of the project, however, a large net was used, okay, as, you know, like a safety precaution. At least 10 men fell in it and were saved from death. That net wasn't there. It would have been 33. But that's not what, like, blew my mind. Here's what blew my mind in this whole thing, okay? 25% more work was accomplished after the net was installed at the same rate of time. Think about that. Why? Because there was a safety net. I am begging you today, if you don't have Jesus as that safety net, choose him. Choose him. He wants to be that safety net. It's only through him that we get to live on forever. That's it. There's nothing else. Check the Bible. Test what I'm saying to you. Okay? Let me read with this last scripture. It says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Because many of us have accepted Christ. Maybe today is your day to do that. But if you have, now you have a responsibility. Now it's time for you to take somebody to that deep end of the pool with you. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What does this have to do with evangelism? What does this have to do with reaching people? Jesus' burden is light. Before you came to the Bridge Church or a life-giving atmosphere, did you ever, like, were you scared to go to church? Were you scared of what would happen? Were you scared, like, man, you felt con- condemned or I'm not good enough and I just couldn't get there. You know, all this, and I just have got to say that this, this is the world in which we live. We have, m- many of us here, you know, used to go to a Catholic church or used to go to a, a Lutheran church or a Presbyterian church or some of, a, some of you like me didn't grow up churched, okay? We have friends and family that unless they know Christ, it doesn't matter if they get up to church and say, well, I'm Catholic, I'm here. God's going to say, I don't give a flying something, okay? Because he's going to say, he's going to look at that person and say, Why? Have you chosen my son, Jesus Christ? And it's not a heavy laden thing. There's not a bunch of rules and regulations and all of that. And I think our world thinks that to have this eternal life, we have to have that. Could not be further from the truth. God is a loving God and a gracious God. His burden is light. It's a light burden. That is the Jesus the Bible calls. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.